0: Minnesota still up five. Russell Wilson, first and ten. Back to pass. Looking left. Flush out of the pocket. Throws it into the end zone. Throws it up. Oh, in the other corner. God, Sutton, Sutton goes up and tosses it.
2: Oh, my. Oh, wow. That was a dicey throw. Oh baby, that's right. From one legend of Russell Wilson to another. Yes, that is me. And Ahmed Farid. Ahmed Farid kind of sounded like a legit yes uh, commenter right there. And then I jumped in, and it sounded like it was some B minus right radio telecast. No, Sorry. no, no. That, Sorry people, about that
0: that. I feel like that is the new wave of broadcaster, right? Tony Romo brought it, and right. you,
2: you, that, you're excited. You're genuinely excited to watch this play. A hundred percent. Always, game. always, excited. I'm excited, and I'm excited to talk about football mm-hmm. week twelve with Ahmed Farid. He's wearing his favorite red pants today as always thank you for coming in late we got a lot to hit today we had a lot of a lot of good games I mean it really was and I don't think anything was bigger than Philly Versus the Buffalo Bills. I know we'll get to that in a second. Uh, what'd you do the other day? How'd you how'd you you know watch the games? You doing good? Everything good? them at home. Yeah. yeah, red
0: zone. Watched right. uh, the Thursday games with my family before I went out for our last Big Ten Saturday right. night game. Okay, got to so watch. you did Thanksgiving at home. Thanksgiving you got at that. home. Good to hear. Saw the family and right. then flew out for the early Friday Friday morning early Friday Whoa. day of game. Whoa! And got to see Michigan State lose by like fifty again. Yes, for like the third for the, time. For the tenth time it's this year. Insane. Like. We got yeah. Michigan State so many times. <laughs> And they were bad in just about every one of those games. Uh, but then we finished it. I got back home. I watched the Michigan Ohio State game with my with my yeah, family. Was and that was awesome. Yep. That? Good so, weekend of football. My really favorite was.
2: weekend of the year this weekend. It it is, I love it. It is great. Family football, right? Leftovers, did all did you of host? That. I didn't host. We went to mom and dad's house. Football game was underwhelming. Like half of my family didn't show up till like five o'clock, and I was like, "Guys, it's dark 5? Yeah, I, we're a late family on Thanksgiving, but it's become another level of late. My sister and her family, they don't get there till five o'clock. So okay. I'm like, I, and then they're like, well, "What about the football game?" And I'm like, "It's dark. We don't." It's over. You know, Phil didn't put up lights in our stadium in the backyard. Sorry, I don't know what to tell you. Five o'clock. <laughs> so I know do do? we do you, didn't. You, we don't eat till we didn't eat till like six thirty. Well, you know, my dad works right, so a true. lot of the time we, especially when they do the early game, the Lions game, we wait for him to get home and then we eat. You know, this year he did the Cowboys game. We didn't wait, but we did, you know, we eat late anyways. We enjoy the games and my family's late arriving. So that's the way it worked. But everything else, good. Loved watching the games. It was awesome. Black Friday. We'll get to that. You know, all three Thanksgiving Day games. And then, of course, what we had today, certainly not lack of, you know, thrilling moments and and some unbelievable finishes at the end. So
0: here are the categories today. we got division leaders back on track, dark horses. Give me the headlines. We'll look back at Thursday. We'll look back at Black Friday, and we'll give a quick Monday Night Football preview. But we do start... With the
2: instant classic, instant classic, a
0: category of its own, one game. This might be the game of the year so yeah, far. do you think be. it was?
2: It could be. I, I mean, it, it's, it's up to this point. I, I, as I think about it, mm. I don't know what else would rival it. Right, right. I heard somebody else say that in the hallway a few minutes ago, and I was like, huh, maybe it was. I, I can't think of anything that, you know, this many big plays went to the finish, goes into overtime right I mean, one team takes a lead The in overtime. weather the yeah. way it looked on TV it had a great look I'm sure it's going to do a have a huge rating huge. right the way the quarterbacks played yeah I think it's safe to say it's the game of the year that was the one thing I felt bad about did you do football night in America I did yeah I didn't see it oh, this thanks game was a lot. going basically the whole, the whole game of <laughs> it like, I don't even <laughs> yeah. know if they're doing no it right no now. that was one today where I don't think many many people were watching our pregame show that's for sure instant classic the Eagles
0: beat the Bills in overtime 37 34 and get this now and you talked to about this I yeah. did watch football night in America I so I was did. I was watching I, it you're a I, company guy you said this you were yeah. like they don't always play their best and maybe up to this point this year they haven't even played their best they yet have, right so they have trailed at halftime in each of their last four games yeah they have won all four of those they are now 10 and one they do not die
2: no they do not die they're they match up with any team in football it doesn't matter what style that is right they're so good that I don't even They've definitely not played their best game of the year or the best of their capabilities, but they're so good, they can play, you know, Devin and McCourty were, and I were saying this, they could play their B-plus game and beat another team's A-plus game and still go, eh, we're still going to beat you. It doesn't matter, even though we're not playing at our best, right? Uh, they have just so many things, and then I, I think this is uh, you know symbolic of who both these teams are, right? I mean, the Eagles, like like you said, answers for everything, can rely on every position group on their team to make big plays and big moments, right? And they just – They weather the storm when they don't have the momentum and they never let it get too bad. And, you know, you look at the game overall, it's just like with every big moment, like we talked about last week or whatever, when the Eagles need it, they go get it. And then, oh, you settle for a field goal. Oh, no, they need a touchdown. They drive down and get a touchdown. They're just a special football team that way. And yeah, I don't think at their best this year, they look as good as the Ravens or the 49ers, but. At their worst, it's not as bad as those teams either. Their worst is like B-minus football, right? Where maybe their best football this year has been like A-minus football, and... You know, that's something that, hey, hopefully they can hit their stride and find some A-plus football. But the clutchness, you know, the fact that the offense isn't doing well for a period of the game and Jalen Hurts kind of, he doesn't force it, you know, lets the game come to him. I mean, what did he have, 50 yards passing late in the third quarter, right? And then all of a sudden, oh, hey, we got to start pressing on the gas pedal a little bit, start making some big plays. And, you know, he starts to rack, rack up some, some yardage and plays in, in that way. You know, but but a great win by uh, by Philadelphia and right. honestly, Mike, I mean uh, Ahmed, in my heart of hearts, like. It, a little bit like last week with the Chiefs-Eagles game, it felt like the Bills were the better team on the field for the mo- bigger most part of the game. Oh,
0: they! the first half for sure. In the
2: first half for sure. The big moments for the most part, though, it seems like the Eagles always seem to win those. They don't make many mistakes that are self-inflicted or, or any mistakes otherwise. And they just slowly but surely there wore down the Bills with, with their superior talent so at the, the end of the game. The funny thing is, and I know you were doing the show, and yeah. I don't know how much you were able
0: to watch the play-by-play, but at the end of regulation, there were some self inflicted mistakes yeah, by the, the Eagles like Jason Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey twice, right and they're pushing right. them back and pushing right. them back and there were a couple times that the Bills had a chance and there was uh, the Eagles were running some strange plays too they had no timeouts and they're gonna have to rush their field goal team on they seemed okay with that there was actually a pass a short pass it was like a five-yard pass the AJ Brown pass yes it was right. knocked away by I don't know exactly who it was Poyer yeah. maybe uh if he doesn't knock that away and just lets him catch it and tackles him in bounds right there I don't know that they have enough time to rush that field goal team. It's certainly going to be hurried.
2: It's going to be right? dicey. And it's a 59-yard right. field goal right.
0: or 57 or whatever it would have been after that catch. And so it certainly would have been dicey. But, uh, yeah, Jake Elliott got the 59-yarder. And then we saw it. I mean, this is the, this is the theme of the Bills. They're 2-6 in one possession games this season. The Eagles are 7-1. The theme of it is you, you showed the play with in overtime, a chance to win it for the Bills, Gabe Davis in, in the end zone. Now, Tony Romo on the broadcast. Yeah. He thought that Gabe Davis ran the correct route, probably. Right, he right. thought that that was probably supposed to be like a corner route. Right. But he said that there are times when you're that wide open and they're bringing pressure that the quarterback just kind of throws it it's up. It's just go one. straight.
2: It's a tough one. It, it, a lot of the times of those all-out blitzes, it usually is more of just let's go straight because they're expecting something quick, short, right, where they're, they're sitting flat-footed because they think, hey, we're blitzing. He's going to have to throw it and get it out of his hand quickly. So – and a lot of offenses they might teach you to go to the post or go to the middle of the field there and the quarterback's just going to kind of loft it up and give you a chance there but also i can say that to that corner routes are certainly a cover 0 beater as well so you know and it's a weird one in this way because Gabe Davis was on the outside i can't remember who was on the inside and they did like a switch release mm. right so i'm sure that is what also kind of convoluted the conversation like Allen said it was made a comment after that sounded like they weren't on the same page. Like the whole offense, like they got to figure out the rule for that with that play against that coverage. I don't know what to think. But, yeah, Gabe Davis breaks to the corner. Allen obviously doesn't throw it there, and that could have been the game, right? You know, that was one moment where you go, hey, yeah, they could have won the football game. It was there to be had, and they weren't on the same page. You know, the missed field goals they had uh, certainly played into that. And, of course, some opportunities where their defense didn't make a play to get Jalen Hurts or the Eagles off the field. And I think that's where, you know – the Eagles, we know, they you know they can run the ball, their defense. I worry about it, like, right? I mean, that's the second – we're seeing the Eagles' defense start to get moved on here on a consistent basis. I am yeah. a little worried about that. You know, I'm shocked with how, you know, Buffalo at times did move them up front. Uh, the plays Josh Allen made, it looked like there was no plan on containing him like we've talked about with other teams and what they did, almost like Philadelphia just went, we're the Eagles, we'll, we'll contain them. We don't need to talk about it. We'll run them down, right? Easier said than done, Uh but, but, yeah, I, I think all in all, it felt like a game that was there to be had by the Bills. And whether it was, like we talk about, the Gabe Davis, the two field goals, the bad interception by Josh Allen that gave the Eagles the short field touchdown drive in the third quarter. You know, those are things where Josh Allen played perfect. Josh Allen is a phenomenal, I, I don't even know where to start. So here's his numbers right now. Yeah.
0: I mean, this is how good of a year, he really, right. on paper he's having. Leads the NFL with 33 total touchdowns this season. He yeah. four today. It's his fourth career game with over 300 yards passing, 75 yards rushing. That is an NFL right. record. Scarecrow Bo says, damn okay, Josh Allen. Yes, even in a loss. He was the entire offense 100%. against the evil Eagles and overcame a bunch of drops plus two missed field goals. Definitely. Four or five drops, in this maybe game. three. Right? But now this surprised me, too. Josh Allen, in his career now, in overtime, including playoffs, drops to 0-6.
2: Yeah, right. Well, I mean, it's not he his himself. fault. He himself. Right. You know? It wasn't his fault against Kansas City. He did everything that day, right? And then Mahomes drove down, and he never got the ball back, right? And they changed the rule after that. You know, that, that, that's the theme here is the Bills are allowed to win a game without Josh Allen having to do everything. It, I checked the rule book. Their, their defense is allowed to stop somebody. Somebody can make a great catch or a great play after he delivers it to them. It doesn't always have to be him doing everything. you know. And I know, you know people think I stick up for him to a degree. It's, it's more that I stick up for him with some of the misled haters and criticism of him. Criticism. Like as soon as the game is over, you look on social media and it's Josh Allen, interceptions, interse- you through the interceptions. Josh Allen, that's the interception. Like, everybody back the fuck off on that stupid ass lazy headline. Like, let me give you this right here. Josh Allen, right, they haven't had a bye week, okay? He's got two more turnovers on the year than Jalen Hurts and Tua. Two more. Okay? Two. He's played an extra game than them. The pace those two are on, it'll be tied next week. But it's not an issue for those two teams. Why? Because they're on all-star teams. So nobody cares. They still win the game, right? I mean, Hurts throws an interception today. He fumbles the ball on an exchange. It just doesn't matter. They're good enough to overcome it. And I'm not blaming Hurts or Tua or anything like that. I'm more blaming the Bills and the fact that they are always expecting one guy to make everything happen. And if he doesn't play perfect, right, and he does make a mistake – They lose. And that's why we talk about it because we can't figure out what the other problems are. You can if you listen to this podcast, but the other people in sports media just want to go, let's blame it on oh, let's blame it on the guy that I don't know, I was watching the game today with Devin McCourty and a bunch of other people going all of us sitting there going, I mean, is he unbelievable? Is this the best I mean, is is he unstoppable? Is this one of the greatest players you've ever seen in your life? I mean, yes, 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 yes where everybody in football is in awe of Josh Allen, except for, like, certain fans. And I wonder, how can you watch that game today and not go, he wasn't the best player on the team, and what are they fucking, or, best player on the field, and what do they think the Bills would fucking look like without him out there? I mean, who makes a play on the Bills ever? Ever. So that's what's annoying, and that's where I don't like that lazy take of, oh, it just goes to Josh Allen's turnovers. Yeah. You know, Mahomes is top 10 in turnovers. Lamar is top 10 in turnovers, right? You know, like we talked about, I know he's led football in turnovers the last three years when you add it up all together. He's also got 18 more touchdowns than everybody else in football, and more touchdowns than everybody in football again this year, right? With what I would tell you is one of the more average supporting cast. So that's where I'm passionate about sticking up for him, and I think it's really wrong in that way. But that, I don't want to take anything away from the Eagles and what they did in this football game. Their clutchness, yes. their blood pressure never rises, and Jalen Hurts's leadership. Stone-cold ice in his veins is so freaking impressive. And, of course, that was a huge reason why they won the football game, too. So his first career game with three or more touchdown
0: passes and two rushing touchdowns. So five total touchdowns. I think, Pete, we have the dots for his game-winning touchdown run, which... You and uh, Devin did a good job of breaking down at yeah. halftime, or was that in, yeah, in football yeah?
2: It, uh, it was a little bit of both. Halftime, uh, right? Yeah, it was I halftime that. we did it, too. Right? Um, but this
0: is all-out blitz, which it, it didn't necessarily look like it was going to be an all-out blitz at the snap, They disguise right? it well,
2: right? Yeah. And, and that's where Buffalo's a handful on defense, because they do disguise well, they do some creative things. This is a go-to play call for Philadelphia in big moments. Earlier in this drive, they called it on, I think, one of the Travis, uh, Jason Kelsey false starts, and they were going to have it for a big run there, and they blew the whistle because he flinched or whatever right but yeah this is a great call against this defense here one it's all out blitz everybody's flying up the field there's nobody there to account for the quarterback so if he can get through the first line there or the line of scrimmage there's not going to be anybody there and then what they do too is they block the down lineman and leave the edge guy who's blitzing 25 free Kelsey goes around and kicks him out gives Jalen Hurts a nice lane you know we've seen them make this call in big moments before Jalen Hurts has got great patience and vision. Finds the hole, touchdown, and uh, that's where you know. Another thing that the Eagles just have so many things that you have to worry about. There, the Bills are going one. Let's try to get them behind the sticks. Two, like you know we got to worry about the two receivers on the outside we got to worry about DeAndre Swift we don't want to be overpowered there so they're trying everything you know known to mankind on the defensive side of the ball to make things happen the bills are going to be sick about this game they lost the game yeah. like i said for the better part of the game it looked like they were controlling it 500 yards of total offense they controlled the time of possession they had 92 plays but as we say for probably the seventh time this year and the big moments the eagles they win those moments more times than not and whenever they need something big a touchdown drive whatever they come through the cl- and come through in the clutch and make it happen they are 6 and 6 the bills are right now i mean this is how
0: hard it is to beat the eagles right they're 10 and 1 now A.J. Brown, the Bills held him to five catches and 37
2: yards. Yeah. Right? And the Eagles scored 37. Right. That's Because then, oh, Devontae Smith went off and DeAndre Swift ran for 80 yards, right? And, you know, the defense makes a few plays and A.J. Brown gets a touchdown or whatever else. It's just, hey, whatever it it calls for for that week, they make it happen. That's why they're the best team in football. Like I said, their lows aren't as low as some of those other teams we talked about. Their highs are not up there with the 49ers and the Ravens. To me, but again, if those two teams had to play the Eagles, I don't know who I'd pick there because the Eagles just find a way to win that game on a given Sunday. And that's what's
0: special about them. In this game, it looked like two playoff teams going against each other. To be seen if the Bills actually make the playoffs. We'll, yeah, we'll or six, and six right now; we'll they're see. out of the playoff picture right I'm now. I'm
2: worried about the Eagles a little bit with that defense and making the playoffs. Looking. Not in the playoffs, you know I mean. but just you know, as far as that defense and. Some of the yards, the way they're losing the physical battle here a little bit more. But they as just of have late. so many
0: other ways. I mean, I like, know. I, I know. feel like exactly all right. teams have. Like the line or the 49ers went through a three-game losing streak, right? Yeah. And it's just like, it just seems like, like you guys mentioned, the Eagles. It is if never happened. Two thirds of their team is not performing. I mean, the one third. A sixty-yard make... field goal in <laughs> yeah. a pouring
2: rainstorm yeah. with wind, right? Where yeah. you know the Bills missed like a thirty-yard field goal and like a forty-seven-yard field goal. 60 yards and he crushes it through it looks like by like five six yards you know it's just to your point it's it's everything about them that's really really damn good as we move on now to the division leaders i think this game too there's a good
0: two teams that look like they were playoff teams agree have jacksonville jaguars beating the houston texans in what i would have called the best game of the day if it weren't for this last game right uh matt Amendola, 58 yard field goal hitting the crossbar with just 29 seconds remaining also missed a fifty-yarder in the second quarter there, uh, so Jacksonville now takes a two-game lead in the AFC South. They are eight and three right now, uh, but this one was fun to watch. It was and like a lot at of fun no to watch. point did I was like confident that either team was going to win, but at many points during during the game, I
2: was like, "Man, they're making a ton of plays." They're a ton of plays. It was a great quarterback battle. Both guys, Lawrence and C.J. Stroud, were on their game. It felt like to me that the Jaguars were the better team on the football field. Right. getting stopped on fourth and one before the half where they could have gone up 16-7 to seven and they were going to get the ball to start the second half. You know, that, to me, you know me. This is not me being like uh, a man of the moment or second-guessing. I'm always a little bit more, yeah. you're getting the ball. You can go up nine right there. You can go into halftime with the momentum. Instead, the Texans make the stop. They go into halftime with the momentum and put the pressure back on the Jags to do something good on the, f- the first drive of the second half. Lawrence throws an interception with a bad missed holding call by Petrie on Evan Ingram and CJ Stroud and company went down and took the 1413 lead off of that turnover. That was a big moment in the football game that certainly, you know, made it tighter. But I think all in all, a little bit like we've talked about with other games, it felt like Jacksonville controlled the game for the most part of the day, right? Not that it was perfect, but I did feel like, you know, Trevor Lawrence, the passing game were having their way. And then with the Texans, there was a few good runs in the run game, but nothing sustainable. And then even in the past game, Stroud threw for 304 yards, but it wasn't like it was he dropped back and people were open and boom, right? How many times today, and this is what's unbelievable about C.J. Stroud, is... It looked like a day where the offense wasn't delivering, but he just bought time in the pocket, moved around, slide around, move around, spin out, slide, boom, make a throw. I mean, it seemed like in the second half of the football game, very rarely did he throw a ball on time or on rhythm. It was a little like, hey, I'm looking, nobody's open, let me buy a little more time, somebody move, let me manipulate some guys, boom, first down, whatever else. He was amazing in this football game. He was you know, whether it was his first touchdown of the game or the touchdown pass to Nico Collins uh, late, late in the football game that, that made it close before Jacksonville put it away. Big thing that I liked, and we hit on this last Sunday a little bit, is... I did feel like Jacksonville attacked downfield more in this game mm. in the passing attack, right? For yeah, sure. I remember on Sunday last week I was like, Jacksonville, there's something missing. Like I like their meat and potatoes of their offense, but they got to find a way to take a few shots downfield and back people off, make some explosive plays. Not every drive has to be 10 plays, 75 yards. And I felt like today was a start in that direction yeah. with finding some explosive plays with Trevor Lawrence's big right arm. Well, and when they're doing that and when they're clicking, it, they,
0: look they look almost great, unstoppable. Right. Because they do have yeah. the running game, and they do have Calvin Ridley, who did catch a 45-yarder, and Christian Kirk, a 57-yarder, and Farrell and Johnson, both catching ones that exactly. were over, over 40 yards. Right. So, um, yeah, the Jaguars are now 8-3, and their best start since 2007. First and 5-0 road start. They're perfect on the road. First time they've done that since 1999. Jags, fantastic. 93 says, damn okay. Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars firmly in control of the AFC South and the second best record in franchise history already. Uh, But let me go back to something you said about C.J. Stroud. Yeah, right. Uh, Now the first rookie in NFL history with 300 or more yards in four straight games. Um, Next Gen Stats talked about his time to throw. You said buying time back in the pocket. Yeah. Uh, 3.8 seconds. Uh, by a quarterback in a game this season. That is the longest time to throw by a quarterback in a game this season. Thirty percent of his dropbacks taking over four seconds. That's crazy. So uh, I was talking about this with uh, Michael Robinson, former yeah. Penn State quarterback, sure. played in the NFL. Yeah, he said this is the new NFL. He was like, "This is a new wave. It's like, and, it, and it's been happening, but now it's almost like for certain here."
2: Like, what's he saying? New you wave. need,
0: you need to have quarterbacks that do this. 100%, buy time, they get 100%. out of the pocket.
2: The day of the statue pocket passing quarterback, that's over, right? If you can't move and buy time, the defenses are too good. We talk about it every week. The defensive lines are amazing. The defenses are winning the schematical you know, war with offensive coordinators right now as far as advancement, right? And that's why scoring's down. Defenses have got offenses pegged right now. You know, I watch guys. They play three on three zones versus three receivers, and they got them covered everywhere. They which way they cut out. They know route combinations. They know how to read it. Like some of these offenses definitely are going to have to reinvent themselves and think a little bit differently about how they want to attack. So, yeah, to that point you got to have that guy. And think about what we're talking about with the great quarterbacks in the sport. They all do that. Whether we just talk about Jalen Hurts buying time, throwing a big Mm -hmm. pass to Zacchaeus in the back of the end zone for a touchdown, Josh Allen, Mahomes, whatever, right? It's a huge part of the game. Joe Burrow's your prototypical pocket-passing quarterback, but I call him a slippery son of a bitch all the time because he fucking moves around the pocket and buys time and is more mobile than people think. It's the same thing with C.J. Stroud, right? Everybody's too enamored a little bit when it comes out of college of, did he run 4-4? 4-4? Four, four, oh, then he can't run. And then what we saw during the draft process is a guy that, when he needs to run for eight yards around the corner, he can. And he can definitely buy time and move in the pocket and do that. And then he always stays in the throwing position. He was phenomenal today. Jacksonville, they can't get to the quarterback with their front four. So they, So it looked like You know, they tried to play coverage. It looked like people were covered downfield. And C.J. Stroud, which is rare for a rookie, just was patient. was like, I'm going to sit here, and I'll move, and I'll wait, and I'll move, and I'll wait, and boom, I'll just use my incredible arm and accuracy, and I'll find somebody here eventually if you give me this much time. And he did that throughout the day. It was a phenomenal performance by him, once again, because their run game didn't work today, right? And the actual uh, what about surgicalness of the offense didn't work? It was C.J. Stroud made it work today, and that's what was awesome. And, then of course, like you said, Trevor Lawrence was on his game. Yeah. Quick decisions, great arm. He moved around really well, and I do love the Jags. They stay patient with the run game even when it's not working, you know, just to wear on defenses a little bit and, and hopefully set up some big pass plays in the pass game. That's what I like from Jacksonville today, though. Attack down the field a little bit more. Yes,
0: yeah. and attack C.J. Stroud, make him run around. He had to do that because Josh Allen generated a career high Twelve pressures in this week. Uh, eight against Laramie Tunsil. That was Tunsil's first game over the last six seasons where he allowed more than four pressures to a single defender. Wow! That was thanks to Next Gen Stats. Thanks for that. Uh, but he was he was awesome. And when when the Jaguars are playing like that on both sides of the
2: ball, you are like that, that's a potential Super Bowl they, contending. Team. They got talent everywhere. Like we, we've talked about, uh, the 49ers game was a blip on the radar. Where I go, that's not the real Jacksonville Jaguars. And like I said at the moment, I think that could be kind of a wake up call. Of like, wait. We have to play that hard, like that crazy against these good teams in football? And they've certainly answered the bell the last few weeks. We'll see. I always wonder about those stats we're talking about right there, like – Like were they pressure within like, hey, one, two, three, four, five step drop, the pressure was there? Or was it one, two, three, four, five? I sat here, I looked here, I baked a cake, I sat here, and now I have pressure. That's true. Right? That's where I don't know because it didn't feel like it was pressure like on rhythm pressure all game long. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I'm trying to watch a lot of football, but it didn't seem like that. So I wonder about the the context of that stat a little bit. And can you get two pressures on a play? Can you make a guy flush the pocket
0: and then 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 come back back. and get him again? (laughs) You might be able to uh, (laughs) he says no. (laughs) throwing the flag on that he says you can't do Uh, that uh but good win for the jacksonville jaguars and a good loss for the houston Texans, if if there is such a thing there is such a thing they look good in the loss right Uh, the Falcons got a win. They beat the Saints 24-15. Atlanta is now tied with the Saints for the NFC South lead. This is one that's going to come down to the last game of the season, and none of the teams may win a game until then, and it will still <laughs> come down to the last game of the season. Uh losing record could win that division once again. Uh, Atlanta, though, is 3-0. They are taking care of business against their division, 3-0, yeah, right. versus the NFC South for the first time since 2014. Saints just keep settling for field goals all game. That was the story for them offensively. Agreed. And uh, the Falcons were able to run the ball. Bajon Robinson seemed like he was the guy that a lot of people thought he was going to be when he was, he was drafted. Um, what, what, what's your big headline takeaway from the Falcons taking care of business?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the big headline is they got back to business or got back to what made us all think they could win the NFC South early in the year. You know, their team is built around their offensive line they have not dominated the running game to the extent of all the resources whether it's first round picks the money they've spent on that group the running back of course and Bijan Robinson that has not performed to the level it should as far as what their assets are allocated right this is one of the the few games since you know early on in the football season where i felt like they absolutely dominated up front you know opened up holes for whoever was playing running back well, you know, And, of course, a big part of that was Bijan, but Cordero looked good. Algier had his moments, right? Desmond Ritter had a few timely scrambles and design runs that were huge in the football game because he's still shaky in the pass game. But he had some moments in the game, too, though, where I went, man, Desmond Ritter has quick, decisive decisions. I like the way it looks. They got Drake London involved. But the run game is the key for the Falcons. They have the type of defense that can be a handful for anybody. And, yeah, you might move the ball like you saw today, but they're going to keep you out of the end zone, keep field goals going. So I think the big thing today was just, you know, run game going in Atlanta, and they're tough to beat that way with their defense coupled on top of that. Yeah, two hundred and
0: twenty-eight total yards on the ground for the Falcons. Desmond Ritter did have a couple picks in this game. They don't. They they never look great either. I feel no, like. the they Desmond weren't. Ritter that's that's what, they're good. bad picks. That's right? what I'm saying. You yeah. know,
2: there were the honey badger got both of them. One of them was a back shoulder throw where honey badger was watching him the whole way. I want to be like, you can't throw back shoulder when he is already back shoulder and looking at you. That's not when you throw a back shoulder. So that was a weird one, and I can't even remember the other one that he threw to Honey Badger either. But it wasn't good, you uh, know. And I think that's the reason, like to your point, why he was benched at one point because his mistakes are a little bit like, wait, that's too egregious of a mistake for you to be our starting quarterback. And as much college football you played and all of that, but their defense played well today. Be- defense was a lot of bend don't break. Derek Carr, I felt like, missed some opportunities early to where he could have thrown touchdowns on the first drive. They settled for a field goal because he threw a ball inaccurate to Rashid Shaheed. The second drive, you know, they go down and move the ball surgically all the way down the field, and he throws a pick six to Jesse Bates. That was the game-changing moment that swayed everything back into Atlanta's favor because up to that moment, it felt like, man, the Saints are kind of controlling the game. And even after that, it felt like, wow, the Saints are still – you know doing pretty good pretty good here are the, is Atlanta going to be able to hang on are they going to be able to do something else on the offensive side of the ball here and the second half the 95 yard drive you know with the 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 touchdown pass to Bijan Robinson uh Early third quarter yeah. or fourth quarter, excuse me. That was a, a big moment of sustained drive, and then you finally felt like, "Hey, they got control of this game uh, game now." They went up by nine and, and never looked back. Schemed up a good play, got the matchup they wanted on the linebacker, and that was yeah, that was Definitely. really good. Yeah, just the play action. He came out the backside, yeah. and like I don't think the linebacker was expecting after the play action for him to continue up the sideline that way. Nice, uh, nice drawn up play there by uh, the the Falcons' offensive
0: staff. So, what do you think right now? I mean, yeah. you, you got Atlanta, you got you new orleans both at five and six you have tampa at four and seven we'll get to them here in a little bit they lost again i mean i don't want to be too reactionary and just base it off of what we saw today but i mean it seems like atlanta is the best team in the division
2: i think they are it's just the quarterback and how important that position yeah. is a big question mark yeah. i think when you take team i i'm with you a hundred percent he just is scary he's scary as we saw earlier in the year I mean, he cost them some moments of whether it was controlling a game or winning a game altogether because of the mistakes or just the their inability to even trust him and call pass plays when the moment calls for it because they're like, oh, gosh, can we trust him here? But I think, you know, it's a top 10 type defense. They got a good secondary. Uh, they got big people up front. They know how to – Not necessarily have great pass rushers, but they know how to dial up blitzes and be creative and cause some mismatches there. Uh, So I I do like Atlanta. I picked them before the season started. I'm going to still ride with them. There's something about, like we've talked about with New Orleans, the defense isn't as good as what it's ranked. It's feasted on the poor. Derek Carr, you know, just a little off it seems like all the time, and at times maybe too conservative. And their inability to get in the end zone and then just some self-inflicted, you know, wounds by them. Yeah. Uh, You know, driving down late in the football game and Taysom Hill fumbles when Jesse Bates, you know, punches it out. I mean, they were going in to score. Forget field goal. They were going to be inside the 10-yard line after that play. Uh, there's like a toughness or a grit element that I feel like misses with the New Orleans Saints. That's why I can't get behind them. Yeah, it, it's it's you feel me there? Tough. I don't know. I think I think Atlanta's better. Your point about the quarterback though is it's
0: scary. It is scary. It's scary. Which the is team why they're is both better.
2: But this quarterback is still a big question
0: mark. Which is why they're both five and six. That's right, right now in atop that division. Let's get to the uh, back on track section now. Teams that maybe lost last time, but now it looks like after what we saw today, they're back on track. We'll put the Chiefs in that category. Even though after the first, you know, whatever, 10, 15 minutes of this game, it was like they're not back on track. <laughs> no. uh, they come back to beat the Raiders 31-17 despite being down 14 nothing in the second quarter. Good news for them. It's their 10th straight win when coming off a regular season loss. So they're like, eventually we're going to come back out on top here. Didn't look like that after, what, Josh Jacobs ran for that long 63-yard touchdown. I was like, dang. Yeah tearing up the defense now too and is this offense going to get back on track they haven't scored in the second half and four game they got they got back on track what what was the what was the biggest bright spot for you in this game where maybe the offense had to at least early on bail out the defense yeah
2: i think it it got to 14 nothing and they went to your point like whoa we're not gonna be able to play the game we've kind of wanted to play lately which is defense run the ball and Mahomes will make a few plays here and they kind of had to get more wide open with it and honestly, I felt like Mahomes got in a groove because of it a little bit as well. I think the big thing is they might have found their guy at receiver. We'll see where that goes. He's been having his moments you know, over the last month or so where you go, ooh, this guy can be the guy. Let's go inside
0: the numbers powered by AWS. You led us there. The new go-to guy for the Kansas City Chiefs could be Rasheed Rice. Next-gen stats says he set a career high in targets with 10, receptions with 8, yards with 107 and he gained 37 yards over expected the first chiefs wide receiver to gain over 30 in a game this season so what that means is that once he caught the ball next he did stat, next-gen stats like he's gonna go down yeah and he didn't go down so no. we didn't expect that uh 37 yards more than they expected.
2: that was his big thing at college at smu one of the things i loved about him was he breaks a lot of tackles. I mean, he does. He's a pretty big, powerful guy for the receiver position, and we saw today, when he opens up, he can cover some ground, like for real. But No, we've been talking all year. They need – it can't just be Travis Kelsey and Pacheco in the defense. That's not going to get them to the Super Bowl if that's where they want to go. There's got to be somebody at the receiver position that steps up that makes a defense at least think about that position in some big moments. So I think that's where it's awesome for Rasheed Rice. And, you know, to the point you just made, he's – You know, can do the system stuff, but he can catch a shallow cross and break a tackle and run up the sideline for 40 yards. And he's got enough size and body control to where he can be on the outside and it's one on one. And hey, he's kind of covered, but he's a big body, and I'll, you know, use my big body and strong hands and catch the ball there. So hopefully they got something. But it felt like a game, and this is where the Raiders are coached well. They came out. Pretty creative on the offensive side of the ball. They were making plays in the past game. Aiden O'Connell looked really good. You said it. Josh Jacobs breaks a big run. You're going, damn, they're kind of running the ball in the Chiefs too? This is scary, right? What's going to happen? But – you know, it's almost like gotten down 14-0 gave Mahomes the green light to go, like, okay, I can start being aggressive now. They need me to come back so I can start being aggressive. And with the Raiders, the defensive scheme is very good, but they just don't have the Jimmys and the Joes. Once you box that, block that Joe named Max Crosby over there, there's like, there's nobody else. You look at that, who's going to contain Mahomes? Who's going to run him down? Who's going to cover some of these receivers after he buys seven seconds downfield on the Raiders that we're going to go, oh, yeah, that's what we thought would happen, right? So you know, I think that was the impressive thing for, for the Chiefs. Uh, definitely came out kind of asleep at the wheel, hangover from a game they should have won maybe on Monday night against the Eagles, right? Thinking, oh, we're going to steamroll this Raiders team. They got punched in the mouth, but they, they reacted you know, the appropriate way and, and bounced back in a big way. And that was Inside the Numbers powered by AWS.
0: The Raiders lose for the sixth straight time versus the Chiefs. Held the 21 points or fewer in 11 of the 12 games this season. So I wonder if, as we you know start to think about what these teams may be in the future, and the Raiders not out of it, they're five and seven. Who knows? You know they could get hot. They've looked good. They've looked better. Yeah, they're they're playing, crazy. They're playing quality football. Raiders every year they just got to fire their head coach. And then this <laughs> is like Rich Pasaccio. I was like, oh, okay, maybe he should be the guy now. Antonio Pierce, maybe he should be the guy. Like, what, what do we think about this offense for the Raiders? Like, what are they going to be? Right? You got Devontae Adams there, of course, and Josh Jacobs, like are they sticking around for the next wave? Uh, Aiden McConnell's probably so. not the guy. I don't know, it's like, right. what, it's, just, where it's, are like they it's like
2: patchwork stuff and it's like all gonna be about the regime that comes in next year and what they wanna do with this football team. I mean, the way they are right now and where we are and the pay and everything like it, like you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Devonte Adams up for trade bait next year. He's going to get to the point where he's like, "I don't want to be a part of the rebuild." He's going to probably, you know, be a squeaky wheel behind the scenes a little bit, and he's a big asset to where they could help rebuild their football team. Josh Jacobs, do I envision them paying him big money? No. Is Aiden O'Connell the answer forever? No, I don't think he is either, right? So you know they're just making do with what they got right now. What they do got is a good running back who is playing awesome. They do have two pretty reliable receivers, and Adams and Myers. O'Connell knows how to play the position, but he's not going to wow you. They're they. You know, they got to play perfect to beat a team like the Chiefs. And, you know, uh, the missed field goal at the end of the first half where they had a chance to go up 17-14 and put the pressure back on the Chiefs a little bit. They missed that, and he kind of felt like that took the air out of the Raiders altogether. And then the Chiefs go down to start the second half, touchdown, and he kind of felt like that was all she wrote. The Chiefs are back. They get the win. You know what else is back?
0: What's been, Who what else? The Steelers offense. <laughs> they beat the Bengals 16-10. to They outgained. Oh, this is the sad part Can you believe uh, it? The streak is over. How dare they? It took us to what? What are we, week 12 right now? Week
2: 12, they outgained somebody.
0: For the first time all season, it took a Joe Burrow injury for them to do it, too. They outgained the Cincinnati Bengals. They
2: had 421
0: yards of total offense. The entire 45-game stretch with Matt Canada, they never had a 400-yard offensive game. I think it was like 58 games. You go back even more since pre-Matt Canada. Um, and so for the first time, Tyler Wake says Steelers got 400 yards of offense for the first time in forever. What did you see that was different from their attack?
2: I, I just feel like it was aggressive. That would be the first thing I would say. And I'll try to watch this on film here before we get to our Wednesday Treasure Hunter What the Fuck Happened podcast so I can get a better feel. But I think at the baseline, that's what it would be. The, the, the one thing, Matt Canada or not, that we've seen going on an upward trajectory is their offensive line play. Right. That's, there's no doubt about that. You know when Canada got onto the sideline, the offensive line got better. You know now being fired. You know it's still going on an upward pace here. Uh, so they're running the ball, opening up some holes that way. But today, the running of the ball felt like it was opened up because of the pass game a little bit, mm. because they attacked. Friermuth being you know being back healthy, being able to work the middle of the football field is huge for their football team you know not only it's just one other weapon and of course we know they got two receivers on the outside that are a little bit scary but you know the vertical passing game the o-line blocking better in the run game the o-line blocking better in the pass game as well you know that was another thing today where you know pickett stood in there and he had time to hit fryer move down the middle for a 20 yard gain or deontay johnson up the sideline for a 40 something yard gain Right? So that's where it got really interesting and uh, we'll see if the Steelers can capitalize on this. They certainly got some some players and some parts here to make, you know, some of these things happen that we're talking about. Uh, let's see if they can get, you know, a little continuity on that side of the ball and get some creativity and and you know, make this a jump off point.
0: They are 7 and 4 right now are the Steelers after this uh, 6 point win. Yeah, for the Bengals, three straight losses. First time they've done that in a season since 2020, yeah, one in six versus the AFC. They're 0 and four in their division right now. That uh, was an effort today. Dom Rapture says, "Damn okay, Bengals tanking
2: the rest of the year for better draft picks." So that's what he wants to do. Oh, yeah, uh, I, you know, I don't think they're going to tank this far into it. And especially the AFC with the you know six seven spot being kind of up for grabs. They're certainly not out of it. And you know, how can you sell to your team we're tanking when they were. It's 7 3. They're going down to score, and your quarterback throws a stupid interception, right? To where you're going to get a, 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 a maybe
0: go up at least 10 to 3. But I think that's it. You nailed it. The quarterback threw a stupid interception and probably should have <laughs> thrown two more, but they ended up as receptions yeah, to yeah, Jamar right. Chase. Yeah, Jamar
2: Chase tipped passes. He was very fortunate <laughs> on the day. Yeah. You're right. But I, I mean, no, they're not going to tank. They're not. Uh, the disappointing thing with them today is their defense. I you know they wanted to. Browning wasn't bad. He makes some plays. He looks comfortable out there. You know, he's got a nice motion throw in the football, but they can't run the freaking football at all. And their defense, you know, as we stated early on in the year, continues to let up big plays every game. And that's the thing that's a little shocking to me about the Bengals this year.
0: 16-10, 421 yards of total offense, but still only 16 points, which was a little bit of a head-scratcher for the Steelers. But it was enough to get the victory, their seventh win of the year. We close the book on the back-on-track section here. We take a peek at Sunday Night Football, 245 left. It's getting Ju- tight. Justin Tucker just missed a field goal. Wasn't, like a chippy field goal. wasn't even goal. that long. No. Like, it was too short.
2: Like one where you'd go, it's a 44-yard field goal, then missed it left in a big way. And the Chargers are hanging around and really look like they've outplayed the Ravens here in the second half of this football game. So make a call. Right now there's, what, 245
0: left. People already know the answer when you make this call. Will the Chargers come back and win this game? I'm
2: going to say no. I'm going to say that they drive down here a little bit and make it interesting, but the Ravens' defense makes a stop. You listening know if that's right. We don't know yet. I don't know. You're right. It's going to to be dicey. What I do know is that that the Chargers (laughs) win this football game. We are going to be on the Chargers social media and they are going to shit all over (laughs) us here at NBC. I can promise you that.
0: They have eyes and ears everywhere to those people.
2: All right. we, We will keep checking that one. We might be a little
0: distracted as we go into the dark horses category. And these are teams that were like, wait a second. Hold on. Don't don't close the book on them. Maybe maybe they're a playoff team yeah, potentially. Right. And in fact, the first team we're going to talk about, the Indianapolis Colts. If the season were to end today, they'd be in the playoffs. Yeah. In I... the AFC, they beat the Buccaneers. They are currently the seven seed. Sammy Lambert says, "Damn okay." Shane Steichen for that fourth and one play call.
2: Ooh, that was awesome. Sneaky coach of the year candidate. Yeah. Well, hey, with the you know injuries to Burrow, Buffalo not playing that great. Right. You know, Houston and Denver being a pain in the ass, Cleveland kind of being all over the place and having a quarterback situation. I mean, it's there to be had for the Colts. And the Colts are pretty consistent. I mean, they are. It's not like – I don't think they're a great football team, but, you know, for them to be right here in this area, uh, you know, it's not shocking from what I've seen from them the last few weeks. I think the big thing with the Colts, and the thing I tried to say on our our pregame show at at Sunday Night Football is – You know, up front, they're a handful. You know, we've broken down Shane Steichen's awesome on the offensive side of the ball. He's one of the more creative run game designers in football. Their O-line is playing really good, right? So they're opening up holes and gashing people in the run game. And then, you know, they're creative in their pass game. And Minshew, for the most part, you know, manages the offense makes a few splash sizzle plays here and there with his great instincts and escapability and everything like that, and they got something working. And I think on the other side of the ball, their D-line, it's kind of the same thing. Their D-line's a pain in the ass. You know, They got some depth and they got some difference makers across the board. So that's where they're winning some of these football games. Felt like... They kind of controlled this game against the Bucks today Agreed, right? and made some mistakes that let the Bucks hang in there. And the Bucks made some big plays to kind of get themselves back in this one and, and made it very interesting down the stretch. It just seemed like
0: the Colts could do a lot. It seems like Jonathan Taylor is close to being that guy. Again, he had 91 yards on the ground, a couple of touchdowns here. And Michael Pittman has been very, very consistent. He had 10 more catches here today. He's had at least eight in eight games this season. And a Colt has not done that since Marvin Harrison in 2002. And so he has been pretty consistent with Gardner Minshew. And I do wonder, they're 6-5 and right now. What would the record be with Anthony Richardson? I don't don't know know that it would
2: be better. maybe not. He's a rookie quarterback. He's still learning. There's probably some things in the drop-back pass game they can do with Gardner that they wouldn't be able to do with Anthony Richardson, right? You know, you're not going to get some of the wow plays or some of the stretch the field with his big right arm like you would with Anthony Richardson. But still, as you can see, he's more than serviceable, Minshew. It's more than just like a system guy. He makes plays for them, too. Now, he'll make an occasional dumb play every now and then as well. You know, I had one bad interception today in the football game. But one, you know, we started off the podcast talking about the game of the year, right, and the Eagles, Bills. The, 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 this, he's this is what. The, this is why we talk about the Eagles not looking quite the same. They're losing a guy that's special in Shane Steichen. And you can see he knows how to get downs and Pittman open on a consistent basis week in and week out. You know, that's what I like about them. And you know, the Colts kind of got a little bit mojo going. I mean, you know, they were up 20 to 10 went forward on fourth down on their own side of the field at one time right the bucks and baker made some big fourth down conversions it was a game where it felt like the colts controlled it and kind of let the bucks back in it but yeah the 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 colts as we go here you know if their defense can get a little bit better Uh, I they they're going to be a player in this. They are a player. We know that, but they're they're a pain with the way this offensive line plays, and then of course the way Shane Steichen calls the calls the game overall. Yeah, Tampa's slipping a bit right now. They have lost six of their last seven games. Yeah, the defense is you know lets up too many big plays. There's not one area of like dominance by them, and the offense is kind of like. There's no consistency to it. You feel like it's yeah. three and out, three and out, and all of a sudden it's like a 60-yard pass to Evans and a 20-yard pass to Godwin, and it's a touchdown, and then it's three and out, and three and out, and three and out. And then it's a screen to White for 40 and another big pass to Evans, and it's hey, we got a, we got points again, but then it's three and out, three and out. Yeah. Right? I don't know. That's kind of how it feels
0: like with the Bucks, uh in, in my opinion. They're kind of wasting a resurgent year for Mike Evans, like you, like you mentioned there. He's got six touchdowns his last six games here, but uh, all for naught as they fall to four and seven on the year. Fourth down and six last chance for Justin Herbert and the Chargers here If they don't get this ball game probably over even though they do have all three of their timeouts they got all three of their timeouts here we go let's see oh they're bringing the pressure bringing the pressure and the sack he does give
2: it away but that is it no and that's grounding
0: that is going to be grounding that's going to be loss of down Ravens take over Chargers do have all their timeouts yeah
2: so they will need to get a first down, but so this game's not quite over yet. They but. will. It should be grounding though. He was in the pocket. He it was a great blitz by the by the Baltimore Ravens. And as he was getting thrown to the ground, he was in the pocket and didn't get the ball to the line of scrimmage. But I haven't I haven't seen a flag down yet. And like you said, the Ravens are gonna have to uh, they're gonna have to get a first down here. They yeah. can't just kneel on the football. But great all out blitz or yeah it was it was all out blitz with a guy dropping in the middle in case he threw something short over the middle and yeah why is this not grounding I still don't get it I don't care where it didn't get to the line of scrimmage and he was not in the pocket that should be grounding
0: 77 was not eligible so yeah I I agree with that all right we'll keep an eye on that as we move on to a streaking Denver Broncos another win for them they're uh, they improved to what are they now six and five five yeah, wins in a row for them right. holy mackerel twenty nine to twelve they beat the Browns in a game that saw D T R leave uh, after getting hit by uh, Baron
2: Browning right yeah uh, I mean got what of the hardest hits I've seen on a quarterback a, this year got a, one of the hardest hits I've yeah you're right I've seen on anybody this year that's I mean true. he got killed right and that's where he's gonna have to learn like you can't be in that position in the NFL with these crazy mofo's running at you Baron Browning can run. He's a good edge defender. DTR did a great job escaping, but he runs out to the right. And then as he's throwing it and he's up in the air and totally vulnerable, Browning just absolutely killed him. And he kind of felt like that was the end of the Browns' chances to maybe win the football game after he went out. So it's the Broncos' longest win
0: streak since the 2016 season, and they have done it with Russell Wilson playing really, really well. He's got nine touchdowns, no picks during this winning streak. And Jason Bill says, damn okay for Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. Those two were brilliant today against the Browns defense. Play calling and audibles were on point. Broncos appear to be getting better every week. They're getting better.
2: They are. Uh, They got this game, you know, played the way they want. You don't want to get to the Browns, get down on the Browns early, and now their defense can be all crazy fucking psycho and they can run the ball and kind of play that style. That's what the Browns want to do to you. Instead, the Broncos flipped the script on him. The the thing that was shocking to me, you know, yeah, uh, hey, Sean Payton, we know he's always got a good game plan. He wasn't going to let the blitz of the Browns and some of the the crazy uh, aggressive stuff they do up front ruin their game. He was patient. He wasn't going to let Russell Wilson ruin the game, right, as in hold the ball or try to make magic happen or throw the ball too much against this group. So, I think that's where he's smart. I was shocked that they ran the ball the way they did on the Browns defense. That, to me, you know, I, I was surprised. Not We know the Broncos have gotten better at running the ball, and the Browns have, we've, we've seen moments of them give up, run. We talked about them in the Colts game earlier this year. You know, the 49ers had moments. They're not real big up front, and they don't have great depth, but of course, they got great talent and speed and a scheme, and they create chaos, but chaos against a team that. You know, kind of has a feel for your chaos, and they know what plays work against that. It looks like the Broncos had some really good creative run plays that you know helped helped them win the football game, uh, and that that was that was cool
0: to watch. Uh, a couple bad things for the Browns in this one. I mean, that offense—it's going to be a struggle.
2: Uh, we have something that happened in the game. Oh. I had Ravens happened? as a best bet against Florio, Oh. and they just covered on a reverse on third <laughs> down for a touchdown to make it 20 to 10 so I love it that's the cover because the spread was three right (laughs) suck it Florio which I was surprised it was only a three point spread I think the what we had it was a three and a half right Uh, actually but yeah I know it was was a matchup league I think what they look at it is they could block maybe the Ravens blitzes and pressures and Herbert they have kind of a quicker short passing game where I think they probably looked at that going that actually might give the Ravens defense some issues here Uh, but yeah, Ravens didn't play their best game but they're up 20 to 10 here late not over yet though let's let's put a pin in that one we gotta um, put a pin on do we hit more on the broncos and browns do we need yes there's one there? there is something yeah,
0: uh, yeah we got to talk about this because I yeah. they, uh, said so there were a couple of things that were not great for the browns even though they're still seven and four offensively it's like what are they going to be able to do uh-huh. even with dtr if he comes back that's that's a concern going forward here and also miles garrett says he felt a pop in his shoulder during Oof. the game he was wearing a sling after the game uh he needed assistance putting on his shirt And he said after the game, quote, I mean, we'll see. At the end of the day, I've played through things that should have sidelined me before, and I'm going to continue to fight and do what's best for the team and for myself. But we have high hopes for the season, what we can do, and nothing like this is going to hold us back or me back. So certainly concerning. He says maybe he can play through it, but, I mean, you don't know at this point. Uh, Without him, still a good defense.
2: But with where they are offensively, it's like it doesn't seem like I don't know how they could do it. No, it would make me think differently of them. It would. He's such a game wrecker. You know, he goes way beyond the stats. Uh, He changes the way teams play because of you have to, well, we got to get a tight end over there to block him. We got to chip the back, right? He gives their defenses advantages that don't get shown on a stat sheet. I think that's what's big. He's a great leader. Uh, We know that. I, I, You know pop in the shoulder I mean I hope it's not a bicep tendon You know, it could be so many things there's mm. a lot of things that connect in there you know, I know I tore my bicep tendon in my right arm once and I was like ah like something felt like it hit me in the shoulder I couldn't figure out what it was and they're like oh it's your bicep tendon so you know we'll see where it goes but yeah unfortunate injury for them Browns defense didn't play their best game today but I think it's more about the proper game plan and the Broncos knowing who they are you know that's the big thing Russell's got just the right touch right now of makes a good throw here and there. He's probably a little conservative and careful, but he's going, so what? I'm just going to keep us in the game, not make the big mistake. And in the big moments, I'll make a big play there that will help us win the football game. And, uh, and and then, of course, makes the magic throw to Troutman in the end zone to put them up 24-12, and that's what I'm talking about. You run the ball like that, your defense is playing that way, you don't need to do too much. He's efficient, he's taking care of the football, he's seeing the big picture of the game, in which I think Sean Payton's teaching him, and that, that's that's awesome to see for the Broncos.
0: The Broncos ran for 169 yards in the game, and I thought, that's pretty good, until I saw what the Rams ran for against the Arizona Can you Cardinals. believe that? 228 yards on the ground in a game where... Where Matt Stafford threw four touchdown passes. I mean, this is total domination, and it was. 37-14, they beat the Cardinals, and don't look now, but the Rams are
2: currently just one game out of the playoffs. The Rams are a pain in the ass. Their defense, we talk about it, is creative as hell. They're fast, they're aggressive. You know, if your offense is a little too predictable, they will be all over it. And then, as long as Stafford's healthy... Right. And here we are. This is what, you know, maybe the last three, four weeks we've seen the run game kind of going on this trajectory. I certainly wasn't expecting 228 yards. From I, that was, I actually, I call uh, you were yeah, you were calling yeah, it my yeah, other podcast, you, you know, Johnny College expert and NFL expert <laughs> over here. But but uh, the game started with Stafford hitting big passes. Right, uh, that's where it kind of started. Him at well doing that, but then second drive of the game after it was seven to seven or eight to seven, I should say, Arizona. That was the drive where yeah, the run game Freeman kind of started it off and got it going, and it looked like the the Rams never really looked back from that that point on. And then it became the Kyron Williams show, him killing them in the not only the run game but the pass game too. I mean, he had a hell of a day. But they put it on the Cardinals. It's about as good as we've seen anybody put it on the Cardinals the whole year.
0: Yeah, uh, Matthew Content said to us, "Damn, okay." Kyron Williams had a day of explosive play. as fresh off the IR, and yeah, I'm looking at the drive chart here for the Rams. They punted on their second possession and did not punt again until their final possession when the game was already
2: no. Out. He hits the big pass to Atwell in the first drive that sets up the touchdown. You know, we talk about the Cardinals made it 14-8, and then you know, the eight to seven. Uh, then, you know, the Cardinals had a moment of going for it, you know, around midfield, right? And that's where, you know, the run game Stafford did take over. I'm missing a point in my football game that I wanted to hit here, but oh, I can't no. remember what it was. But either way, domination from the Rams up front, if they continue to do that with McVay's ability to, you know, get Cup and Puka Nakua. And to me, oh, this is where I wanted to go. I'm sorry. It was an Atwell day because every replay I show saw of the pass down the field, they were either bracketing Puka Nakua or, or cup. They were determined on not letting those guys go off in this football game, and that's where it became an Atwell game. But if they can run the ball like this, and then at, and we know Stafford's ability to to throw the ball off a play action pass, they're going to be a pain in the ass down the stretch. So for the Cardinals, they're
0: two and ten now. It's their worst start since 1959. Yeah. When they played in Chicago, they were the Chicago Cardinals. Right, uh, their ninth straight home loss to the Rams. If you were wondering about, that. yeah, the that. Rams got their number. Um, but um, yeah, they're they're losing. They're losing by double digits this year for the Cardinals. It's it's not it's not going to be Kyler Murray or not.
2: Um, they're going to have a high draft pick. Is what they're, I think. They, they got I think the most draft picks in the first three rounds than anybody in football. So they got that. They're certainly going to have some some assets and things to play with to improve their team. Uh, this game was, by I, I thought, by far their worst game of the year. This is one of the few games where you're a little underwhelmed, and they just like, whoa, they got out-coached, out physical, nothing really went good, and the game just totally got away from them in the third quarter, and that was all she wrote. We'll see what the Rams can do here. I'm like, uh, it's one of those where I look at the Rams and go, Man, are they really a playoff team? But you start to look towards the bottom of the NFC playoff picture and you go, yeah, they're right in the class with those teams. There's nobody that outclasses them or I feel like, oh, they shouldn't be in the conversation with them. Yeah. I mean, you look at Minnesota, Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans. Yeah, LA's every bit as good as them. If Stafford is healthy, they're in the They're mix. a pain they're in the ass, in the ass when Stafford is healthy.
0: Uh, to your point, the Cardinals have the number two and number 17 picks currently in the 2024 draft and many more after that. net credit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day loans offered by net credit or lending partner banks and serviced by net credit application subject to review and approval learn more at netcredit.com partner NetCredit: credit to the people
2: hulu is coming in hot this month with new shows new movies and all new seasons of your faves don't miss fx's clipped the story of one NBA team's racial reckoning starring lawrence fishburne Stream a new season of Shorzy, the underdog hockey comedy that might just knock your teeth out. Then catch the high-speed
0: drama Ferrari, starring Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. Kick your streaming into high gear this month with so much new stuff to watch on Hulu. It is final. The game at SoFi is over. Your prediction was right. Yes, Spon- I never doubted it. 20-10 uh, to 10 was the final score. They the, moved the ball. Score.
2: They got stopped. That was it. <laughs> uh, Ravens,
0: Ravens won it uh, in this one. We were, of course, doing the podcast while the game was going on. But Chris always has one game on the, the game that's happening. I don't know how you do it. You're a multitasker.
2: Thank you. At well, heart. I, I, I try. I'm not really a multitasker in anything other than watching football. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else in my life, I am not a multitasker. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, like, I'm literally the guy that's like, no, I just have to focus on this right now, yeah. and then I'll give that my full attention here in a few minutes. I yeah. can't multitask. You can
0: multitask one football thing to another football thing. Exactly, game. right. As but long if as it's, it's football. Yeah, conversation with wife and football. It's nah, like, that's, nah, you know, nah, it's it's like wife,
2: shut up. I can't. Think about football. This is more important right now. (laughs) Wife, shut up. (laughs) Uh, So I'm
0: I'm perusing the stat sheet right now, and that's a terrible way to to see how this game went. But as I said, you were watching it as well. Uh, The Ravens almost ran for 200 yards in the game. Uh, Mitchell broke another one for 29 yards.
2: Yeah, they started to go off a little bit in the fourth quarter. Their run game, second half, they really got it going. As far as you know, Keaton Mitchell and what he can do. All right, so the the underwhelming though. Chargers were in it. Yeah, underwhelming for sure. But on the road, right. You know, uh, getting the job done. Yeah, that's right. It's a big win. It's not easy. We know that. The Chargers did have some things about their football team that I think matched up well with the Ravens. But you know, the Ravens, it's just, you know, I, you know, I don't even know how to explain it. It's it's just it's some moments of deadness tonight. And I feel like tonight, my big thing was, I think it felt like early on in the game, they were too impatient with the run. I think they looked at the Chargers and went, we're going to come out here and throw the ball. Their pass defense sucks. And everything I saw from all our cameras in the background, the Chargers were playing coverage and coverage and coverage and coverage. And I kept waiting for the Ravens to run the football. And by the time they got it going, it was too much of a game by that point to sit here and say, oh, they're going to control things. But, yeah. you know, Chargers, you turn the ball over four times, right, you're not going to win the game. It was actually a miracle they were kind of in it to to this degree. Uh, for the Ravens, it will be interesting, right? No Mark
0: Andrews. And so Isaiah likely was actually their leading receiver in this yeah. game, but he only had 40 yards. No. And so the pass game didn't go on. He did no, spread it, it around didn't. a little bit, but the pass, pass game, never game got wasn't
2: as good. Their O line was back at full strength. They didn't pass protect as well as I would have expected them to. And they were lucky that the Chargers charged, right? Whether that's Keenan Allen fumbling in the middle of the field one time when they were moving the ball, and Austin Eckler. Uh, had the uh, the fumble that we saw where he got stripped. You know they got down there close, and Justin Herbert got stripped sacked at like the ten yard line late in the third quarter. Maybe it was that the early fourth, right? So you know, even when the Chargers outplay somebody, they seem to make mistakes in big moment, and that's why you know I think us and nobody in the nation has a whole lot of faith in them in big moments. Who's the best team in the AFC right now? I think we would have said Baltimore maybe a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I. Th- I still tend to want to go to Baltimore because of the completeness of their football team. I do. Uh, Kansas City is right there nipping at their heels for me. I I think I would say that. And if Kansas City can just get a little bit more consistency with their wide receivers, the way their defense plays and having Mahomes and them having an actual run game now – Um, I'm still going to go with Baltimore, but I'm going to give Kansas City a close second, followed by a Jacksonville third and Miami fourth. I would say
0: there are three teams, Jacksonville, Kansas City, and Baltimore, that I would give a legit chance by the end of the regular season. We're saying, like, that's the best team in the AFC. Yeah, I I hear you there. Do you think, think Jacksonville's in that conversation? I do.
2: I do, yeah. I think Jacksonville is one of those teams, if they hit their stride here at the right moment, that they can make a big run in the AFC playoffs, and I would not be shocked to see them get to Super Bowl Sunday. It
0: is time... To give me the headlines presented by Hyundai. Just write to me and everyone else. We'll give you the headlines as well. We got two games here. We'll start with the Giants. Thrilling. Thrilling. For you it was. Thrilling win against the Patriots. 10-7 to 7 was the final score. We've just come out now with a new audio version of the newspaper. That's right. And so what we need now is some alternate headlines for the audio. Listeners at home with well, this newspaper. Well, when
2: you win a game in New York... They start start spreading the news. <Communatti> Tommy DeVito, Hyatt,
0: the
2: Needed <laughs> Patriots. <laughs> all right, that's that, all was good. that was pretty good. Way to go. Way to back me
0: up. I needed that right that there. That was fun. I didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> Pete's, Pete's approving of it right there. Oh, uh, we're spreading gosh. the news of the Giants winning a, a close contest. It was close throughout. 10 uh, 7 was the final. Uh, Chad Ryland. Missed a thirty five yard field goal with three seconds remaining, sparing us all overtime. No one wanted this game nobody, to go over nobody. Over. nobody. Even people there were like, please don't do this. <laughs> please don't make it, it was <laughs> rainy, a little cold there a little bit. Um all right, so you sang Tommy DeVito is now two and one on the season. Yeah. All the other
2: giant quarterbacks were two and seven. That's hey, serviceable. Yeah. You know? They can. He can throw it. You know, he's you know got a little movement ability. Well, I, I mean, like <laughs> I, I know that doesn't sound right. He can throw. He plays quarterback. We're talking about an NFL game oh, here. I know, yeah, I know. He can well, throw it. He can throw the football. You know, he they're opening up the offense, which tells you that they think he can throw it and on a consistent basis start to make some plays. I think that if you're a Giants fan, it is exciting. Jalen Hyatt was yeah. the go-to guy. You could see there's real talent that's and speed there. That's scary. You know, run run game never got going throughout the day. Giants as we know, I think are more talented than the New England Patriots. I do. Got more playmakers on the field. Move the ball on the first drive of the game, and Wondell Robinson fumbles, right? And, you know, and again, when the Giants-Patriots play right now in 2023, you're like, oh, man, they made a mistake down there close to the end zone. They might not get there again for a while, right? And that's the way the game was forever, forever. And then you got New England driving down the field, And Mac Jones throws, I don't know, one of the dumbest interceptions we've seen of the year. Off his back. This is almost as bad as the one in Germany that got a bench for Zappi, but off his back foot, fading away, over the middle, weak throw, and obviously didn't didn't locate Bobby Okereke, who makes a big return and gives the Giants a short field, and a few plays later... You know, Tommy DeVito finds Hodgins on a little shallow cross. He stiff arms the defender and gets in the end zone. And, damn, for a period of time you just went, well, damn, 7 nothing might be good enough with the way the Giants' D was playing for the day. They thought they might get it done. But then Bailey Zappi comes in. And, you know, what I laughed about was Bailey Zappi leads them on a touchdown drive, 11-play, 60-yard drive. He throws seven screens. I mean, literally. I think it was seven screens, and there was like two good runs. And I'm sure Mac Jones is on the sideline going, where the fuck were those screens when I was in the game? Why didn't we call those when I was in the game, right? But they go down, they make it 7-7. Um, and uh, the game was ugly, but uh, fortunately for for the Giants, the the Patriots were uglier than the Giants on this day. So this is crazy. I mean,
0: it, it really is kind of a depressing game because it's uh, for New England. They're two and nine now. Their worst start since 1993. They're not scoring points at all. You got Mac Jones. You got poor man's Mac Jones. And I mean, it's just oh, like uh, the whole thing is it's, not good. It's brutal. Ryan Watson says to us, "Love the pod, guys. Have we seen the last of Mac Jones in New England?" This is what we were talking about last week I know and we
2: thought it was we thought we had seen the last of him i I don't know if I think it's I think in totality his end with Belichick in this regime of coaches is over, right so if Belichick stays somehow, I don't think Mac Jones will be there, right. You know, if Mac Jones stays, it will be a new regime and some new coordinator head coach is going to come in and go, oh, I kind of like Mac Jones. I think I can make it happen.
0: Is that is that quarterback that you saw at Alabama, I mean, is he still in there somewhere? Yeah, is he's still he in there.
2: He is. He's got one. He's in the most fucked up situation at any quarterback in football the last two years. I don't think we, we, we can't take that lightly, right? And then, you know, Whether it's the situation and then the talent around him is nothing special. I mean, he has no receiver that can do anything, you know, above like the coach said to run here and I run there, right? They can't do anything. You know, the run game's okay. He does have to improve his throwing from a power standpoint. There's too many softballs and lobs thrown by Mac Jones. You know, there's too many balls where I go, ooh, he's open, and, oh, it just got knocked out of the guy's hands just as he was catching it. He's got to learn to throw the ball with a little more power and pace, right? And I think that's the adjustment he has to make. But the way they're playing, the way they're set up right now is – not set up for success for Mac Jones by any stretch of the imagination. As we've talked about a million times, the reason McDaniels liked him, the reason Shanahan liked him, because they knew we can give him a million plays, a million rules, he'll do it all, he'll be like a coach on the field, he can process it and he'll go to the right place with the ball. Like a Brock Purdy, right? But he's a he's a broken puppy right now. He is. He's got the fan base on him, he's got a coach that's not supporting him, You know, he's got... You know, a backup quarterback that he knows is not as good as him, but the fan base is yelling for him, and it's just a horrible situation. So I'm sure he's a little down in the dumps and ruined, that he's going to have to have somebody else rebuild him here. And I don't think it's going to be this coaching regime, that's for sure. I mean, it does look like the Patriots will be in
0: position to draft a quarterback next year. They currently have the number three pick in the draft. The Giants now have the number six pick, so they're going in the wrong direction. This was a. Tough, tough outcome for them here today. Yeah,
2: and then the Patriots, whether it's the missed field goal, the Mac Jones interception. I mean, Bailey Zappi with a horrible interception that gave the Giants the go-ahead field goal to make it 10-7. And there's nothing positive to talk about with the New England football team, let alone their offense altogether. Kind of a disaster and uh, kind of shocking. It's really fallen to this degree this fast, I yeah. think, is really what the shocking part about the whole thing
0: is. They're looking at the other sideline being like, how come we can't just get a Tommy DeVito type? How, is it that, is it too hard to ask to get a guy that likes chicken parm like that? Maybe that's <laughs> what we got to look for our next quarterback. I would
2: think that you know Malik Cunningham is seriously yes. in the fold this week. So, uh,
0: Real quick, because I, I, we've already spent too much on on, on the New England yeah. Patriots, but describe to us who is Malik Cunningham and how he could change them here.
2: Well, he, you know out of Louisville, dual threat kind of quarterback, right? I think they brought him in thinking that they were going to be able to make him a receiver or something like that, almost like the lines of Julian Edelman, right? But then they started to play him, I think, on scout team, and they started to go, oh. You know, he sees the field well, throws the ball well. Ooh, look, he can move like that. They need something to jumpstart their team and their offense. You know, some quarterback design runs, a different look, a different attack that the defense is expecting. They need those type of advantages, and maybe he can, you know, provide that for them in Malik Cunningham. Titans have
0: their quarterback of the future in Will Levis, although it wasn't an offensive game in this one, either. 17-10, though, they do beat the Panthers. Your headline for this game is? Fudge. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. No, fuck don't. is the real word. So Joe Person, who is a beat writer for uh, the Carolina Panthers, and many of the beat writers reported this afterwards, said that uh, leaving the locker room, David Tepper, the owner, shook his head and yelled the word that you just said.
2: Yeah, fuck is the word I just yelled. Okay. I tried to be polite for the headline purposes to start here, but why? Yeah, we. It's yeah. the Christians Unbutton Podcast, and yeah. I'm button mouth right now. And it's that's your newspaper. Mouth. Right. And Hyundai's and, okay with it. That's right. So F-U-C-K. Right. And yeah, I think it's for a lot of reasons. I mean, one, the Panthers—it's nothing's easy for them right now. You know, it's hard to look at a silver lining. I know they're a team that's kind of on the rebuild, but there's not a lot of young, super talented guys on the offensive side of the ball. There's a lot of work to be done, I think, for the situation they're in. And I think that's probably where there's a little frustration there. I don't think the Frank Reich hiring has worked out to the to the degree that maybe David Tepper wanted. And then, of course, the quarterback how could he How could he be feeling good about that? He's watching a guy and C.J. Stroud rewrite the record books and tear everybody up and is already one of the best quarterbacks in football, and he's watching his quarterback go, damn, it takes us 15 plays just to get to midfield on most drives. I mean, it's three-yard throw here, one-yard run here, three-yard throw there. So that's frustrating, you know, and I think that's where it is. Their defense is good as we've talked about, but there's too much pressure on them. And you know, really, the game. What it was a ten-minute drive to start the game by the Tennessee Titans. Really well thought-out runs, short passes, whatever else. They dominate there. You know, the Panthers uh, go down and get a field goal. Okay, but then you got Bryce Young gets strip sacked from behind by Arden Key. The the Titans get the touchdown a few plays later with the Derek Henry. Run, and they're up 14-3, to three, and that's all the points they need. I mean, the, the, the Panthers have to live in an area of 13-10, 16-13, and to be down 17-13 at one point in the football game, it's just it's too much for their offense to overcome.
0: Yeah, we've seen Derrick Henry do this before, two touchdowns, his 23rd career multi-touchdown game, but it was the first time he's done that this season. This is the time of year where he normally yeah, kind of up and wear starts to wear on people. Now, they're a little too far behind at 4-7 and seven now. They improved, too. But they are perfect at home. They continue that streak at 4-0 oh in Tennessee this season. But um, the question that every Panthers fan will ask this week, next week, and the week after that, baseball, Daniel One says, Are Frank Reich and the GM Fitterer failing Bryce Young, or is he just not very good? I feel like we answer a version of this question yeah, every week. Yeah,
2: I, I mean, I think it's a, a little of all of it. I think he's still, you know, learning his way. I think with their offense and the talent they have, like, there's only so much Frank Wright can do game plan wise to make it happen. So the, the
0: the fear is the game that we just talked about in Mac Jones. You say that guy from Alabama is still in there somewhere, but he's been surrounded by a bad situation. I mean, that's the fear that that's what's currently happening to Bryce Yeah, Young.
2: and, you know, I think it's too early to, 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 to draw those total judgments. One thing I feel fairly confident in saying is he's never going to be C.J. Stroud. You know, I felt like i was trying to tell everybody that in the pre-draft processes i had cj stroud in tier one by himself because i saw a guy that i thought was like on another level throwing the ball in the pocket that's where the that's where the nfl game is right it really is. And then, like you, we talked about earlier, you got to make some plays to get out of the pocket, buy some times, and, and bake, make some big plays with your arm. He doesn't have a big arm that way. He's not as fast and athletic as everybody thought he was. See, the game was so open at Alabama. So that they have, to, they have to get better talent around him and play a formula of football that fits Bryce Young. And I think ultimately what it's going to be is spread the field, let him make quick decisions, a little bit of Tua-ish like that way, right? And – You know, let it go from there. But right now, they don't have the weapons like we talk about that can even remotely scare anybody. And offense is a struggle and uh, just couldn't overcome or do anything other than the one drive, which was, you know, again, hard work, short passes, check down to Hubbard, who made a big play after catching the ball. You know, it just, uh, it's hard for the Panthers to accumulate a lot of offense. And good job of the Titans getting the win. And I think the good thing for them is, you know, got off to an early lead. And Levis made some plays, and the big thing, too, like we talk about a lot, understood the game and didn't take any chances or do anything stupid, realized it was a defensive field position game and played it the right way, and they got the victory. That probably was tough,
0: too. Like you mentioned, seeing C.J. Stroud doing what he's doing and then also seeing the guy playing against you and be like, oh, we, we could have just drafted him in the yeah. second round and not gave up our yeah. entire team. You just for- keep
2: grinding, Bryce Young. You, you still got a chance to get the last laugh. That's all that's important. It's still early. That was Give Me
0: the Headlines presented by Hyundai. Not early in the podcast. We're near the end here. So we're just going to do headline thoughts. We'll give you 35 seconds for each of these games. Okay. 35, Um, huh? Start the timer. Uh, Thanksgiving and Black Friday. Uh, Big takeaway from each game. Now, PFT Ghost is chiming in on the first one here, Packers-Lions. That's why we're only giving you 35 seconds. We don't need to hear about these games. <laughs> uh, Packers won, as, as we all know at this point. PFT Go says, damn okay, Rashawn Gary, almost single-handedly ruining Ahmed's Thanksgiving. That did. It no, really it, did. He
2: single-handedly did ruin it. Let's it did. Be real it about honestly it. did. Well, the, the Packers, we started off the year tell, trying to tell people they got talent on the defensive side of the ball. Here is of late, they're starting to show up a little bit. We'll see. Rashawn Gary is a hell of a football player. There's a reason they just paid him all that money, even though he was coming off a a pretty serious injury. Uh, They got something going. They're dangerous on the offense. Jordan Love is certainly settling in. Right, he looks good. At, he does. Let me make some throws every now and then. You just go, wow, that was fucking cool looking right there. Right, like, he
0: has like total confidence in his arm that he can be accurate while throwing it off balance
2: or side. I almost and... feel like he feels more comfortable and feels like he can control the ball that way better. So mm-hmm. it's like, let me just drop it down side arm. It's a common thing with quarterbacks at time. You just feel like, hey, it slots there. I can feel it a little bit better instead of just being on top of the right position, or letting it rip. Right, uh, but. You know, got a, a great release. Their defense made plays. They got some dangerous people at receiver. I think that's the big thing you're starting to see is the offense open up a little bit that way, you know, with that pass rush. And then your Lions, Jared Goff, the one thing, for as good as he is and everything he does, I, it is amazing that when he gets pressure, he becomes, you know, below average. He is a little bit like you were talking about with Michael Robinson, is a guy that can't do some of those things that you talked about. He's not going to buy time or get out of the pocket very often or move around in the pocket and then throw some laser around the field. But, hey, when he's got time in the pocket, he'll dice you up and make aggressive decisions to put the ball where it needs to go. But it's not going to be backyard football. The, your team, there's two things that worry me going forward. We know one of them's the secondary, right, as we saw. That's a problem in the football game. It's a problem. You guys can't match up against guys like Christian Watson because he'll run by you, and then you play zones, and you play a good team that's got a good coach and a quarterback a little bit. They know how to pick apart zones, right? So that worries me about you. The other part that worries me and what I saw from a lot of replays is the Packers had no fear of your receivers. I think that's the other thing we're going to continue to see here when you guys play quality football teams. They're going to go, Lions have a lot of good things on offense, but the one thing they don't have other than Jamison Williams, who's not a mainstay of their offense yet, they don't have guys that can run away from good man-to-man defenders. Amon Ross St. Brown's a great intermediate short, you know, run a fake shallow cross, come out, run the slant, return, run a double move here or there, but not the guy you could put outside and go, well, just be outside and run by people all day, right? right, or moss people, or do all that. So that is two things to me that are going to be worth evaluating down the stretch of the Lions, just as far as how – awesome or how up in the upper echelons they really yeah. are and
0: the green bay packers did not even have jair alexander no. in this game no, too, so, no so that no, was, exactly that was right. surprising You're that right. was surprising uh but the, the lions had no chance because of uh the phase of the moon and jay kuda pointed that out before <laughs> the game he goes i have bad news for the lions since the afl nfl merger they're 0 and 12 on thanksgiving when the moon is in a waxing gibbous phase and wow. tomorrow is waxing gibbous i looked up I looked up at the moon. If you're watching on Peacock hey, or YouTube. don't mess with the
2: waxing gibbous. I mean, that will fuck you up every time. I hear you, Jay Kuda. <laughs> yeah. That's next level shit. That's the kind of analytics I like right there. The waxing <laughs> gibbous will fuck you up. Yeah. All right? Yeah, don't mess with it. You don't yeah. want to mess with it. Then, I don't, know, it makes no sense. You're lions. you're lions. You're cats. You're supposed to be night animals. No, right? no, no. no. But honestly, the NFL should not play games during waxing gibbous. It's just not <laughs> waxing safe. Waxing gibbous. Safe don't play then. Okay. Um, yeah, honestly, yeah. in all due like, seriousness here. Yeah. It was 14 to 6, and I was going, Lions are going to go down the field and score here. And that was when the strip sack fumble touchdown happened. I went, oh no, like now it's going to be like serious football game here. Like they're going to have to scratch and claw to come back, right? And even at 23 14, I thought, yeah, they're going to be okay. They're still going to make a game of this. But then, of course, it was another strip sack fumble, right? Or a Derrick golf fumble, I believe, led mm. to the short field touchdown of Christian Watson, making it 29-14. And I think that was the moment where I was like, okay, All I right. think the Lions are in deep shit. I blocked it out. Yeah. We, we talked about this game too much. Uh, the Cowboys continue to
0: do what they do against teams that maybe deserve to be blown out. They blow them out. Uh, they ran away late against the Commanders, forty-five to ten. Oh, it was the fake punt that gave them that short field. Oh, that was a bad
2: right. call right there. I just wanted you make you relive that one that's more right. time. That's right. I didn't. That wasn't was one where you one. can't win the game here, but you can lose it, and they lost the game right there.
0: Yeah, I would have liked it. That's one of the rare times where I would have liked them to punt because yeah. I felt like if they punt, get a hold then. Packers start to clam up a little yeah, bit. Right, and, right, know, yeah, right, right, uh, right. Let's not talk about you that. You want to talk again. about the Cowboys now? Uh, briefly. Th- you got 34 seconds because we took a second too long with the uh,
2: Lions and Packers. But, uh, yeah, what would you make of the Cowboys blowing well, up the Well, the commanders? Cowboys are so dangerous. And when the Cowboys start to roll, it's like they can roll as good as anybody in the game. You know, honestly, I thought, wow, this game, you know, little dangerous with the way it was going, 14-10. That drive before the end of the half I felt like was everything, right? We had the tip pass ball in the air that was caught. And all of that, um, but to go in twenty to ten, uh, that to me felt like the moment where the dam kind of broke for the Washington football team, and they can never really get anything going on the offensive side of the ball from that moment on, and uh, it, I didn't think it was like Dallas hitting on all cylinders type of day on the offensive side of the ball. I kind of felt like it was just like, Hey, we're better. We're just going to keep cracking at it. And you guys will fall apart as the game goes on. And that's kind of what happened with the Commanders. It's just, you know, it's everything is working against them. And Dallas has got something that they're playing for big picture wise. It's a tough season for the Cowboys because it all really
0: comes down to the playoffs.
2: Yeah. Right. They're, really... they're, they're super talented. It's going to be, can they beat the Eagles? Can they beat the 49ers? And if they don't, we're all going to go, damn, they're chokers, right? Yeah. Uh, it really is, but they're definitely one of the better teams in football and you know, one of the all time momentum teams that I can ever remember. That once they get it going, you can't stop them. Still
0: my Super Bowl team. That was my team from the beginning of the year. I so you're, like, not, you're not
2: crazy there. They're in there. They're in the mix. They're yeah. in the
0: conversation. 49ers beat the Seahawks 31 13. Just when we thought maybe, maybe the Seahawks could maybe make a play for the. NFC West, um, at least not in this game. No. Gino was hurt. They came in elbow. I mean, they just looked out of sync. But I don't know that it mattered because the 49ers
2: did look that dominant. Ass whooping. I mean, that, did that not look like a team on another level in the football game altogether? Right? I just... And, uh, what wasn't like? So that That's where, again, I don't mean to disrespect the Eagles, but I've yet to see them have a half or something that where it looked like the 49ers did in that first half of the football game where it was like, we can do whatever we want. Run up the middle for 10. Oh, Iuke for 20. Debo for 15. Kettle for 20. Doesn't really matter. Pick your poison. We're going to tear you up. Uh, and, and, of course, Seattle continues to show inconsistency and no real elite domination on the offensive side of the ball. It's just a collection of plays, and their defense is good but not good enough to mess with this group right here when they're hitting everybody's healthy and Shanahan's got it flowing the way he's flowing. And Brock Purdy was amazing, too. Made a lot of big-time throws. He really did, to the point where I'm like, okay, it's
0: more than system. It's system plus. For sure. That that touchdown to who was it? Was it Iuke where he just
2: threaded it in there and it was kind of on oh, the Oh, like kind of like. halfway rolled to the right and then set up and throw it to the backside? Right. One I of the best quarterback throws in the year. I think Shanahan was even shocked that he got it in there. I think I saw the postgame uh, press conference there. But uh, the 49ers are... They're, they're, they're a phenomenal football team, and they certainly are one of the best in football. And Purdy, you know, I got all the faith in Purdy. I, again, I know they lost those three games, and he made a few mistakes here and there, but he's making a ton of plays, and uh, watch out. Watch out for the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah,
0: Pete says in my ear, he goes, MVP, and I was going to say, because I feel like if you're an Eagles fan, you should be pumping up Brock Purdy because it's basically the exact same argument against Brock Purdy is that you would make against... Jalen Hurts right I don't think the argument is made against Jalen Hurts as much as it is made against Brock Purdy
2: but I mean why not I mean his numbers are are awesome no, with the standard way of how we vote on MVP right I mean yeah I mean quarterback on one of the better teams and he's putting up good stats he certainly deserves to be in the conversation I, I don't deny that at all right and I think Dak Prescott's probably in that conversation now a little bit right to go along with Jalen Hurts maybe Mahomes AJ Brown's falling off Tyreek Hill is the guy I still look at to go watch out. I mean, we saw what he could do on Black Friday.
0: Great transition. The final game that happened. Dolphins beat the Jets 34-13 and kind of like the Cowboys where it's like nothing matters until uh the playoffs. It's like almost like getting that like that for the Dolphins, not the playoffs, but nothing matters until they play a team that's good. <laughs> because <laughs> it's know. like yeah, we saw it. we know you can beat the Jets. We know that and they did. They handled them very well 34-13 with maybe the craziest play of the year, the pick 6 Hail Mary. Um but uh, yeah, yeah
2: it just, they made it look easy. Yeah, I, it, I mean they made it look easy in the long run, but it wasn't easy until that play you're talking I'll about. I'll give you that, yeah. Until the Jets, you know, did one of the most Jet things I can remember, right? Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So what do they got now? They got the butt fumble on Thanksgiving, and now they got the he- Hell Mary. Hell is that, Mary. Is that what they're calling it? On Black Friday? I think the Hell Mary. That's yeah. what I'm hearing, all right? Yeah, so that's, that's the word on the streets here in New York. But that was the moment where you're like, oh, oh, gosh, the Jets. Okay, this fucking game's over. See you later. Yeah. I mean, painful. I hope all the Jet fans realize, um, um, it wasn't Zach Wilson that was the problem with your offense. Duh. Yeah, but he, I wasn't mean, the, he wasn't the answer. Either. No, he's not the answer. But the offense sucks. I mean, there's nothing to look at. And, that's again, you know, we've, we've decide- dissected that enough. Uh, the one thing about the Dolphins – Right running the ball was impressive against the Jets. We know they're dangerous in the pass game, you know, Tua. And colder elements through some balls that sit up in the air for seventy five seconds, like the two interceptions at the end of the first half that are a little troubling, and that's what does worry me. But the the biggest blow of the day is Jalen Phillips tearing his Achilles. Yes. I don't know if I feel like the Dolphins can win the Super Bowl now without Jalen Phillips. That's literally how big of a injury that is. See, he's not a household name yet, but like you know, they lost They're Miles Garrett. He's the best player on their front seven. And so for them to lose him, and I know he's not Miles Garrett yet, but he's one of the best edge defender pass rushers in football. You know, they'll beat a lot of teams. We know that. But like what you're talking about, the upper echelon, the really good teams can they beat them without a Jalen Phillips coming off the edge? I don't know if I feel like they can go deep into the playoffs and get to a Super Bowl without him. That's going to be a interesting thing to see how they kind of reallocate their sources in, in yeah, that department. That, that does suck. They do have some studs on defense though Yes, still, they do. So, I, mean, yeah, I but, love but, Javon yeah. Holland. That's great to see. I'm loving that everybody's seeing Javon Holland, who I voted for first-team All-Pro last year. Everybody is seeing now, with the defense that's not cr- so crazy aggressive, and he doesn't have to play man-to-man against a receiver You know, every third play, because last year they all out blitzed all the time uh, now he's getting to play true safety and he's really a, a well-rounded awesome football do you player. get that
0: vote again are you doing that again uh, yeah, i think i'm still there
2: i don't think i ruined it last year i think i'm still good to
0: go <laughs> uh, good i'm glad to hear we can talk about that as the season goes on we have one more game this week monday night football bears at vikings they told espn they go we'll give you the super bowl rematch but you also have to take bears and vikings
2: so hey no, i okay, think this there. is a this is a sneaky good game tomorrow night One, Justin Fields has been playing really good. The Bears can run the football. The quarterback design run game is going to give Flores and that defense some issues. And as we know, they don't have great corners up there in Minnesota. And the Bears got dangerous receivers, as your Lions team saw two weeks ago. They got some guys that can run by you. So I look at that and the way the Bears have been playing defense as of late, you know, I, I... I pick them, you know. Every week, I try to pick like the one or two games where I look like, "Ooh, this could be the upset." I took the Bears to win twenty-three twenty. I think this game suits them very nice. Uh, we'll see where it goes, uh, but you know, Dobbs and the Kevin O'Connell, what they do on that side of the ball, always is scary. They always have a good game plan. After a Lions loss, I would like that result. You I think would that like would that would be a good yeah. result. I would right. take that. Give you a little separation. I would, I would take that. All right, we did it again. We did it. That's right. Week twelve in the books chris sims unbuttoned with my man ahmed farid here to lead the charge charge he's tired i'm tired i can barely say charge see you can't even <laughs> see that right it's kind of like chargers charge yeah. and they were charging our way out of this podcast because yes. we're charging. at the end right, like we're at messing the end up. up like at the end we're of a game up, at the game we're messing up it's not a podcast right yeah. i feel like a charger sure. now that's not good all right everybody you know where to find us find us wednesday for our what the Fuck happened podcast We're going to break down all the important stuff that went on today. Subscribe, rate, review. Ahmed Fareed, thanks as always. You were the man. You were my buddy. Peace out to everybody out there. Enjoy Monday Night Football. We'll see you Wednesday. Clap it up. Clap it up.